hello and welcome again to the golden generation on the 25th of November, Aussie time. I'm Harper Pestinger, and well, at the moment, we've only got one person on the panel today, and he goes by the name of Lucas Ronaldo. Lucas, how are you going? Um, good, mate. Obrigado. Hello. I can't speak Korean, however you say it in Korean and Spanish, <laughs> but uh, good to be here. Shame that uh, we couldn't convince anyone else to join. Clearly, uh, clearly, they just don't have the bottle, the drive, the uh, the attitude that we've displayed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no cojones. They don't want it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're out here bloody every day doing these daily episodes and other people just spit in the face of it, but us to toiling away and getting I, in. I, I, I think they just haven't responded to us. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll leave that to one side and get into the stuff that really matters uh, for our lovely, lovely listeners, uh, which are the games that occurred overnight. And the first one that I want to talk about is Portugal 3, Ghana 2. So, uh, well, a big story that came out of this was Cristiano Ronaldo, 37 years old, becoming the first person in uh, male World Cup history to score five World Cups. Um, and, look, it's, re- it's really nice to see these kind of wholesome stories coming out of the World Cups. A player who's struggling to find a club just having a successful tournament. It's a good thing. It's nice to see a little humble man such as Chris- yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, get his moment. Uh, he probably had two good chances in the first half. One, a bit of a loose touch. Another, a header that maybe a year or so ago he would have leaped that half centimetre higher and got there. Um, although he did have one, dis, uh, not so much disallowed, but the, f- the free kick in the first half um, that was given away that really shouldn't have been a free kick. But in the end, he, he gets his penalty and uh, he's not the only man doing doing the sue, uh, that Bakari um, yeah. doing doing it for, for Ghana, which I'm not sure about you. I feel like that's the biggest indictment of how Ronaldo's being viewed in the world of football at the moment that people, like, they were losing at that time. There's three minutes left and he's off taking the piss out of Ronaldo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I Do you reckon Ronaldo's one day is going to try to copyright that, trademark that, like Mariah Carey? Oh, 100%. Christmas? Yes. 100%. Well, I think Gareth Bale tried to copyright the little the little love heart um, with the hand at one point. Obviously, it didn't work. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I think either him or or maybe Speedwell instead. Um, but yeah, this was uh, Portugal looked good um, and were dominant for most of the game. Uh, Diogo Costa in goal for, um, for for Portugal, very very lucky at the end. Almost did a, I think it was Peter Schmeichel that did it back in the day for when he was Aston Villa maybe. Throw it out, someone creeps behind you and almost score. Got very lucky there. Um, most. Imp- uh, the most surprising thing uh, for me in this game is that Andre Ayew is still playing football. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know where he's been. I'm not going to look it up, um, but I presume that he's just not aged. Um, and also Rafael Leal, uh, Leal's goal, just quietly, what a player. Um, but also uh, him, him smiling before... He's even scored. I'm not sure if you've seen the replay from behind the goal. It's excellent. Um, he's just got the biggest smile on his face before he's even hit the ball. His eyes just lit up. It's one of the most iconic things I've seen at this at this World Cup so far. Um, 
and yeah, there's always a few things at a World Cup that that stick out in your memory, and I feel like that that might be one of those. Well, I can tell you, Andre Ayew uh, is playing a Qatar. His club is Al Sart in the Qatar Stars League. And I, I think the commentator on SBS, on the, on the world feed, uh, said that the goal scorer of um, Ghana's second goal, what, what was his name? But he called Qatari. him Jordan Ayew. Um, yeah, he called him Jordan Ayew. Yeah, he called him Jordan Ayew. Yeah. Um, but, I've, I've done that once. It's not a great feeling, but I can't imagine what it be like doing it in a World Cup game. <laughs> a World Cup, yeah, the biggest of stages. Um, but I want to know, Lucas, what, what do you think about the um, foul on Cristiano Ronaldo for that uh, the first goal, the penalty for Portugal? For, uh, I think it was Mohamed Salisu. Do you, was it a foul, do you reckon? Yeah. Or was it a bit of mail I, I thought... Ronaldo? I thought, oh, there's definite, definite serious amounts of mayo, like a Hungry Jack's barbecue cheeseburger. Um, but I thought that it wasn't a penalty, but I didn't think there was enough um, to prove it wasn't to overturn it, if you know what I mean. I think it was, I think it was line ball. I think if they hadn't given it in all, if the ref hadn't given it, you couldn't have given it with VAR. But I don't think there is a bit of a shove there. Um, so I don't think. I want to see that being overturned. I think it should still come down to the referee's decision a little bit. Um, so I can I can see the the, con- the controversy around it, but I think the call for Ronaldo's disallowed goal was worse than f- the call for the penalty because I feel like that was just both of them were just fifty fifties where someone went down um, and the referee referee blew up. So I guess at least he was consistent. Yeah, well, I guess we would have been talking about the disallowed goal if Gardner had won, but uh, that's the way it goes. Um, but Gardner, I hate using the word brave, so I'm going to say uh, they were very yeah. diligent. Um, <laughs> did, did you expect that much of them, and what are you expecting from them uh, in their final two games? I, I actually tipped Gardner in this game. I thought there was going to be a little oh, well. bit of an. I, I, I thought there was going to be a little bit of an upset. Um, I thought there was going to be an upset for the night. Um, so that was, I think that was mostly due to off-field, the Ronaldo saga. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they can challenge. Um, I think that they'll be a good matchup for Korea. I think they're very two very even teams. Um, maybe I think Uruguay will have too much for them. We'll get to that game, of course, a bit later on. Um, but I think yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting because. Again, this is another example of a Minnow Nation playing a Portugal and just not sitting back. We really haven't seen, outside of us, too many countries just sitting back and waiting for punishment. They're, they at least had a go, and sure, Portugal were the better side, but in the second half, Ghana always sort of looked like they were a little bit threatening on the counter. Let's move on to the other game with big talking points from the night. Uh, it's Brazil-Serbia. Brazil got up. 2-0, and, well, Rickarlson, star of the show here, Richarlson, Rickarlson, people pronounce it both ways, I think, but um, they hardly had a touch in the first half, and then around the hour mark, just came to life, Lucas. Well, do you remember who one of my tips for top goal scorer was at the start of this tournament? <laughs> Richarlison, <laughs> mate. <looking> good. <laughs> um, that second goal was bloody phenomenal. Um, boy, did Brazil look good. Um, that attack is just frightening. Vinicius's pace, then you got the skill of Neymar and Richarlison, like you say, barely was involved at all um, earlier on. But for Brazil, he always performs. And that 
at, is the most Brazilian goal you'll see. Just touch up, yeah, bicycle kick. It's it's just beautiful. Probably the best goal of the tournament so far, I think. Um, oh, it would have to be. Yeah, individual yeah. goal at least. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually yeah. now think of it, there haven't been that many screamers. I feel like. Well, no, there's hardly been ones. Yeah, but yeah, obviously our goal was pretty amazing. As a team goal, um, and that's yeah. probably inflated in my mind because of the significance of it um, and my bias. But as an individual goal, an individual skill, that's by far and away the best. It's not even a, not an argument. I mean, yeah, it's definitely the best. But I'm not sure what's going because even uh, I think Guffy had one with the outside of his foot. But off the top of my head, I can't think of too many absolute. Um, Thunderbolts that will even come close to competing in a top 10 so far. Which um, against pro- us would have been good if it had gone in. But <laughs> yeah, and uh, of Valencia. Mm. Um, yeah, well, Mitch Jukes would have been the goal of the tournament. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 a la James Rodriguez 2014. That, that was, <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome from him. But, um, yeah, Br- Brazil... How much did they convince you? Because it was pretty comprehensive. Serbia didn't have a shot on target, but they didn't manage to find their way through Brazil and into the back of the net until that uh, 60-second minute mark, I think it was, when Richarlison scored. No, I'm I'm convinced. I think Serbia are a good side and very stern defensively. Um, I think the Brazil side is scary. They, They had... Sure, like you say, it took them a while to break the deadlock, but they they always looked threatening. They never really looked in danger. And I just think Brazil, this team is just so well put together. There was that one, Thiago Silva putting through a ball um, just in behind the fullback. Uh, I think it was for Vinicius um, for a 1v1, which is excellent ball, slightly, slightly overhit, but they just are so good at, all their wingers are just constantly making runs and constantly because they're all their wingers and and Richarlison and and the number ten they're all quite similar players like small diminutive rapid so they're just so good at constantly shifting position and it it, it almost reminds me obviously the ten, the names on paper aren't the same but it almost reminds me of the Brazil sides of old of of two thousand two and. In 2006, uh, when you had Kaká, Ronaldinho, a bit earlier, Rivaldo, where you had all these names and you're like, how, how are all these guys on the same team? It's, to me, it's the closest they've been to that since then. Because if you look at their teams, uh, the last two World Cups in particular, on paper, they've just not been, not been the same. It's been Neymar. Um, and then you've had the likes of William, Hulk, uh, Fred, Leandro Damiao, um, Oscar, who did have a bit of a bright spot, but guys that aren't on that level, and I think now their their team's just stacked and and yeah, they were my tip before the tournament, and uh, yeah, last night did nothing to nothing to change that. Does Neymar's injury to his ankle change anything in your mind at all? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, how how long he's out for. Um, obviously, that would be a massive loss, but. Like I said, it's I, I don't think it would be as big a loss as uh, if they'd lost him, like at the 2014 World Cup when he hurt his back. I've, I think now they've got more players that can step in. Well, I think we should get on to Switzerland 1, 
Cameroon nil and their deciding goal and this was from Real Mbolo in the in the fortieth minute, right at the start of the second half, against the country of his birth. And I, I think this is just about the first time in international football where I've said a player not celebrate after scoring. <laughs> yeah. It was bizarre. And I actually thought as well, like it was it was a cool story for him to score against where he was born. Um, but I always think when someone doesn't celebrate that quickly, there's no way it can't be on your mind when you're playing. If even when you score and you've got the, the adrenaline coursing through your veins, even in that moment, you're you're that clued in to not celebrate. Surely, well, I, surely, my eyes may have been deceiving me, but I thought I saw him do have a little peppity step after he hit the back of the net and a little bit of a rush from him, and then he pulled it back like not. I, I, I felt like there wasn't. I feel like normally, you know, maybe you get a couple of meters in. He he didn't. He he had like oh. one step and then went. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> sure, surely that has to be playing on your mind, which I guess like. If, say, if Volpato scored against Australia, I'm sure it would be playing on his mind. Although he'd probably, he'd probably do the shush um, <laughs> do an and by cup all. his hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, knee slide. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, um, Cameroon were good in the first half. Um, just couldn't convert uh, any chances. Um, Switzerland just, like, came out a different side in the, in the second half. Um, I was pretty disappointed in Cameroon actually in the second half. F- feel like they should have um, left Chupo Motang on and brought. I think the commentator said it as well that they've played four four two in the past and just played with Abubakar up top with him. Just because I feel like they didn't look that threatening, and also it was ninety fifth minute and they're just not pressing, which I, I found very yeah. odd. They didn't seem like they were. That urgent, and I think there was one point where Onana had a goal kick, um, and he just seemed like he was taking his time to take it. And I was like, "Do you do you know you're down? Of these guys, yeah. Do they realise Mbolo's not on their team? This is a game that they really, really need to get at mm. least a point from because, well, we're going to assume that they'll lose to Brazil, right? Yeah. And then if, even if they beat Serbia, that's only three points. For them, yeah. So yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much they're pretty much done now, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I think uh, and and Zerdan Shakiri again, of course, set up the goal and he just always shows up for Switzerland. You get sometimes, well, I think Bale for Bale for Wales is a, another great example. But you get sometimes a, a player who's the main guy. Um, even even in the past, say Rogic, I guess has sort of been looked at as our as our main man. But sometimes players struggle to cope with those expectations. Obviously, it's not quite the same Rogic as Shakiri, but Shakiri's the guy everyone knows is Swiss. And each tournament yeah. that he plays at, he always turns up and and does something special. Um, and yeah, he did again. And uh, yeah, Switzerland. I think them against Serbia is going to be an interesting matchup because I think it's it's a straight shootout for me um, out of them two of, of who's going to go through in second. I think some commentators in the UK uh, still think that Rogic is our main man, even though he's not in our top 26 <laughs> players. Um, but Uruguay nil, South Korea nil is the final game of the night that we need to touch on. This is the fourth goalless stalemate uh, so far in the in the World Cup um, but Uruguay hit the post a couple of times including I think it was in the 89th minute and a 
guilty chance for uh, Huang Guizhou for South Korea yeah. that really should have put him one nil up. Yeah, I think um, I only watched the first half of this live and watched the highlights this morning. Um, but uh, yeah, great result for South Korea. Um, you're a guy, like you say, they had a, a lot of chances. I think Valverde would have scored a, one of the goals of the tournament if he if he hadn't hit the post. Um, only one shot in tar- on target in this in this entire game, so yeah. some of the, the shooting wasn't quite up to standard. Um, I did think as well, um, Suarez did look old. <laughs> you could see even there was times when he was running off the ball, and I was like, oh god, this. This guy's slow now, isn't he? This it was almost a little bit sad. He's still got the class when he gets the ball, um, and his positioning's still up there. But uh, yeah, there was times off the ball where Nunez, who was obviously rapid, um, was just sprinting into the distance, and Suarez was running over him like a old man trying to chase a bus. Um, but uh, Nunez, I think as well, is guaranteed to get a red card at some point in this tournament. Um, he's <laughs> absolute head case. Um, yeah, it could be that a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, inherited it from his teammate Lewis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Louis, uh, good on him. He got through a, a World Cup game without biting someone. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's going for four World Cups in a row with some form of uh, uh, drama. So it'll be interesting to see what he does this time. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think. Um, obviously, son playing with the mask. Um, he's just so he just has to do so much from. There was that one where he was on the left hand side. I think in the first half where he he cut in, beat two men, and then just had looked up and you could see that he was like, "Well, this is going to be one to go. I'm going to be the guy to step up." And he was about thirty yards out, and I was just like, "Man, you, I feel sorry for you because you were just so good. Um, your team's <laughs> decent, um, better than Australia, but." Um, still just not on your level. You're just, yeah, a whole, a whole different level, aren't you? But um, how do you see this group playing out uh, in the final two match days? We've got Portugal, obviously, on top, and then South Korea had that draw, and Ghana on the bottom. So who do you see progressing, Lucas? Um, well, I think it will be Portugal and Uruguay. Um, I think the, the order is the is the interesting part for me. It's all probably going to come down to uh, the, the Portugal-Uruguay game. As you'd fancy, uh, fancy Portugal to beat beat Korea quite handedly. Um, I think Uruguay to me have, and I said this yesterday. Well, my prediction was that they'll wipe the floor with Korea and absolutely smash them. So clearly, I'm a, I'm a football <laughs> genius. But um, yeah. uh, Uruguay to me, their team's just so strong, and they've got such a good spine to have Godin and Jimenez at the back. Of of course, Godin's getting on, but. Brilliant centre backs, Benzacor and Falverde in the midfield. That's a great midfield, and then Suarez and Nunez up front. Front, they have just one of the best spines in the entire tournament, I think. Um, but starting your World Cup with a nil or draw with Korea isn't the perfect way to go. But I, I, I do think that they're going to go for a bit of a run. Um, but in terms of progression, really far into the tournament, I think it's really important for Portugal, or Uruguay to finish top of this group because I think the the path if you finish second is is a bit tricky and just quickly who do you see going through with Brazil in group G's Cameroon's out of the equation for you but Switzerland Serbia who are you going for I I think I think Serbia Um, now yeah now we've sort of seen seen everyone I think Serbia uh, do have a better side Um, but yeah 
Sim- similar to the other group, it's just going to. I feel like that's going to be a. Well, Serbia have to beat Cameroon. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head which um, which what's the order of the game do they play? Uh, oh well, yeah. I was going to say next up, Brazil play Switzerland, Cameroon play. Serbia. Okay, okay. So I think obviously that sets it up quite well then that. Um, Serbia know they just need to go out and goal difference will be massive in this group because Switzerland had quite a few chances uh, to to um, win by more in the second half some great defending from Cameroon um, and that could come back to bite them so for Cameroon I think if they can if they can win um, 2-0 um, then that'll be huge because then they can go into the final final game just needing a draw but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if it's goal difference that that separates those two. Well, I think Switzerland's coach Murat Yakin said it's the greatest Swiss team of all time that he's, he's managing. Uh, so if they do crash, did Arnie say that? Stage, that would be a <laughs> did he? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that this is the. <laughs> so uh, it was something along those lines in qualifying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps a bolder call from Graham Allen than it is from uh, Yakin. But um, also in uh, Group H, uh, next match day, we've got Portugal versus Uruguay and Ghana versus South Korea, uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning. All those games are happening for Group G and Group H. But, Lucas, just before we look ahead to what's happening tonight and tomorrow morning, you've got any other predictions you want to get off your chest for what's going to happen during the rest of the tournament now that we've had a game for each team? Yeah, um, I think at the moment, like you say, now we've had the chance to see everyone. Um, there's four standouts for me, uh, Brazil, Spain, France and England. Um, as I said in our podcast yesterday, you can't take too much from the first game. Spain lost their first game in 2010 and um, there's a history of teams that win heavily in their first game, not going on to do that much. Um but I think I still think Brazil are um, my favourites. The main thing I think I've learnt from the first round, or the first, um, yeah, the first round of these three games is um, that France is that France are going to be up there. Uh, I think everyone was worried about, well, partly worried, partly hopeful for Australia's sake, um, the uh, curse of of the of the champions. Um, but after what they did to us, I'm not sure that I feel the same way. And I do think they'll, they'll go far in this tournament. Um, England, uh, they did obviously have a heavy win, but I'm not as uh, convinced um, by them as I was by by um, Brazil, like Spain, obviously. won 7-0, but some shoddy goalkeeping. And uh, they were dominant and carved through Costa Rica, but Costa Rica looked looked pretty shocking um on the on the flip side obviously the two the two that are in danger now are um argentina and germany and both have pretty um pretty tricky draws to try and go through argentina having to play poland and mexico um needing um needing results is is a worry the fact that that other game was a draw um works out well for them but uh, I do worry for Argentina because, and they again, that's another group where believe if they finish second, then they'll probably um, uh, play France. So they really need to make sure that they they do well in this group and and get out of it on top. Um, and then Germany, uh, they're probably with with uh, Spain's goal difference. 
they probably need six points now um, because, well, they've obviously Japan already have three. You'd expect them to beat Costa Rica, so then they're going to have six. You'd expect Spain to beat Japan, so then that's two teams on six already, which means that, yeah, they're going to need six points and they're not <laughs> catching um, Spain's uh, Spain's goal difference. So, obviously, after one game, as, as you can tell, it's still a bit of a mathematical equation. But uh, I, I haven't differed from my tip of, of Brazil to win it. Well, I think Argentina would almost prefer to finish second. That way they have to face France instead of an inform Australia, fresh off two massive wins in the round of 16. Uh, as we <laughs> make our way to the final and hoist that trophy in Doha. But just before we look ahead to the games happening tonight, overnight, out there in Qatar, we are going to take a quick ad break. See you on the other side. Previously on The Masked Winger. Oh, now that was one clinical performance. Red shirt, black mask, but who is underneath? Juicy, who do you think delivered us that explosive rendition of BTS's Dynamite? I'm thinking someone who's chucked on a South Korea shirt as a thank you for the 2018 World Cup. So I'm going with Mexican wrestler Eddie Guerrero. Mel B, what about you? It, it's got to be someone who knows they'll never get another chance to go to the World Cup. Early Haaland, look at him. Finally, Chrissy, who is under that mask and what are they hiding? I can guarantee you it's someone who really, really wants to be at the World Cup but desperately, desperately doesn't want to be there for Australia. Christian Volpato! Oh, is it Christian Volpato? Is it Eddie Guerrero? Is it Early Harlan? Or is it someone else? Entirely, there's only one way to find out. It's time to take it off! Take it off! Take it off! Take it off! Who is the man of mystery? There's just one way to find out. Live from the Education City Stadium, tune in on Monday night as we reveal the masked winner. sponsors over there at the uh, the Masked Winger. Really appreciate it. If you do want to help us out as well, you can check us out at buymeacoffee.com forward slash TGG football if our advertising money isn't enough for you. But let's look ahead to the games happening tonight or tomorrow morning, Aussie time. First up, we've got Wales versus Iran. Now, our Wales had that one all draw against the US in their first game, but Iran... That heavy, heavy defeat to England, 6-2. Are they as bad as they made themselves out to be in that game, Iran? I don't think so. Um, obviously, at that point, we were sort of worried about the future of of uh, Asian football. But um, <laughs> I think that was a, a great example of why you don't sit back against those sort of teams. Um, uh, I think Wales didn't impress me against, against America. Um, and... They realistically will need to win to go through. Iran, obviously, anything but a win, you'd you'd pretty much say they're out. Um, but I think those three teams are, are quite similar. America, 
um, Iran and, and Wales. I think they're all sort of on a level pegging. But uh, I think this is the game where Gareth Bale puts one in from about 30 yards. <laughs> and uh, if Iran win this one, uh, I'm not saying it's a likely thing, but if they do win, that means Iran versus USA and Wales versus England will just be both massive stakes games and massive rivalry games. It'll be an yeah. incredible night of football. Yeah, so that, that's going to be that's going to be awesome because it's it's the politics of of the world. That's the great thing about a World Cup is you get these these little stories that pop up of of political rivalries and stuff that's not related to football combined with Wales and England, just a proximity thing. So that last that last day looks tasty. So maybe you're right, maybe we, we should be hoping for an Iran win here so everything's to play for and Wales have to go out and beat England. <laughs> yeah, so so tasty uh, that night would be. And that's one of the great things about international football, that love for the team is so pure and uh, mm. like not not to say there's anything wrong with Aussies going for Premier League teams, but that passion isn't as... Uh, Genetic and passed down through generations in most cases. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you're born in Wales, so you support Wales. That's just what you do, and everyone in your country is supporting the, t- the same team. It's a great, great thing that I love. And there's no one, well, there'd be hardly anyone from Australia, for example, going to the World Cup in Qatar to support a team other than Australia. It's an awesome thing. Yeah. Um, but the next game that I want to get onto is Qatar versus Senegal. Now, both these teams suffered 2-0 defeats in their opening games. Senegal actually had more shots on target and a higher XG than the Netherlands, uh, but just didn't have that uh, clinical factor to them without Sadio Mane. But Qatar, on the other hand, <laughs> they couldn't even be clinical. They, they didn't have a shot on target, hardly had any chances against Ecuador. Um, so Senegal have got to be a favourite in this game, right? Yeah, well, with after just how embarrassing Qatar were against against Ecuador, um, they they have to do something because otherwise, even though they're the minnows and the world has seen them as the minnows, peop, the people of Qatar and I, and I saw uh, a video. What game was it from? I think it was oh, well, would have been from the Ecuador game, where an Ecuador fan was was sig- doing the the money signal. Um, yeah, in relation yeah. to a de- decision and, and a, uh, a Qatari, I keep going to say Qatar because that's what everyone's been saying for the past 12 years, um, uh, sort of got angry with him. And if you put it yourselves in their shoes, they're sort of looking at the rest of the world like where we've got some sort of discrimination against them because that we disagree with the way their country works. So for them, they are going into this wanting to restore some pride and, and prove a point to the rest of the world. Um, so this is their game to do it because they sure as hell aren't beating Netherlands. Um, <laughs> so they they must win. They must win. Um, I don't think they will. I think Senegal will get a... After what I saw from the first game, I, I can't tip anything but a Senegal win because Qatar have been the worst team I've seen in this tournament so far. Um in saying that, I didn't watch the Costa Rica game live. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's, it, this is a huge game because lose and you're all but 
out, uh, especially in Qatar's case, playing Netherlands up next. Um, so, yeah, and Winner has a strong, strong chance of getting through, especially Senegal, because they play, they've already played the Netherlands. But speaking of the Netherlands, let's move to their game against Ecuador at 3 a.m. Um, Melbourne, Sydney time, Eastern Daylight time. Uh, Netherlands unbeaten uh, in regular play outside shootouts in their last eight World Cup games against South American teams. And uh, Ecuador. Not so good against European teams in World Cups. Uh, in their last four, they've only scored once. So, again, Netherlands, comprehensive win in order, in store here. Most people would predict, I'd say, Lucas. Yeah, Ecuador are in a great position, though, because really, if for them, just get through this game and make sure you don't get smashed, um, and then they can likely go into the last game uh, against uh, Senegal just needing a draw um, so I think Ecuador are in, a, are in a really good position to to progress I think this will be a good chance to to see what Netherlands are about a bit more um, sort of hard to make too much of, of a first game um, and Netherlands are one of those teams that's always uh, always on the brink and always sort of no one's ever going to put them as the favourites but they're not quite a dark horse they're sort of in a middle of the road um period where you sort of have to make up your mind once you see them um so yeah i'm, I'm intrigued for this one shame it's a, a well three o'clock game your time two thirty our time um which might make it a bit harder to watch but uh yeah i'm intrigued to see a bit more from netherlands because i'm not quite sure what to make of them yeah gray horse perhaps a bit <laughs> don't know orange horse Oh, of course. <laughs> but uh, if you were going out and managing Ecuador in this game, how would you instruct them to play? Because not much chance of a win, but you don't want to lose by a lot because you want to keep your goal difference respectable. Yeah, exactly. But you can't go in with that attitude. I think, as we've touched on, we've seen that through the World Cup. You can't just sit back. And I think Netherlands under Louis van Gaal aren't exactly the most free-flowing team. They're not classic total football, I don't think. Um, they will have a lot of possession Netherlands but I think you just need to set yourself up on a still counter attacking but make sure the wingers are high um, to sort of exploit that especially if uh, Netherlands are playing three at the back um, again to get in behind uh, those sort of outside centre backs so it should be an intriguing game I, I do think Netherlands will win but you know when there's always an upset every night when you've got four games um, I don't see it being here Okay, and one more thing on the Netherlands. Very much off-field in the in the media room. Uh, Louis van Gaal had his pre-match press conference. Did you see this, Lucas? No, I, no, I haven't actually. This wholesome, wholesome moment, uh, which has uh, touched a lot of people. Uh, so a Senegalese journo uh, put his hand up and said to Louis. I don't have any question for you. It's just the opportunity to tell you how I'm a young, how I'm a fan of you since three years old. Uh, and he's a young journalist who's just started. And then Van Hal uh, said, "I could give you a big hug because I seriously mean that I like you saying this." And then uh, straight after the press conference, they came and had their embrace and warmed the hearts of people across the globe. Is your heart warmed, Lucas? Ah, crawl out. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, that is quite sweet. Although in saying that, you know, your journalist accredits it to the World Cup. I'm not sure. Is that cynical? I, I, oh, well, I, I just no, put myself in those shoes. It, uh, uh, yeah, I get. You know what? You know what? The fact that it's 
So it was a Senegalese journalist? Yeah. Okay, the fact... I don't know why, but the fact it's a Senegalese journalist makes it seem a bit more sweet. But I, I just imagine if, if Australia were playing it's Brazil Rigari in a World that. Cup. <laughs> yeah, if, if we were playing Brazil and if I was if I was there in in another four years' time um, and Kaká had become the manager, my favourite player of all time, of Brazil, there's no way in hell that I'm going, ah, oh, Everyone stop having fun. I'm going to make this about me. But, uh, yeah, that is that is quite sweet. Is that, um, am, I, am I cynical or am I a terrible person? You are a terrible person, Ad, for that reason. <laughs> if we had another panellist, I'd kick you off. But I'm not playing enough <laughs> to talk about the next game all by myself. We uh, actually started next... with, with another panellist and then and then you, kick, you kicked him off. Also, for ev- anyone wondering, uh, I, I may have dangled... Guy Finkler at the end of last episode. Are we, are we going to address that? We're we going to pretend I never, never said that. You, you've said it now. You could go for it. What were you going to say? He, he hasn't rocked up. He hasn't rocked up. <laughs> he's a no show. We're not sure what he's doing. He's probably partying after that uh, Brazil two Serbia nil game uh, with his small children. Uh, absolutely going off wherever he lives in Brazil. But the final game we have to talk about. Everyone's second favourite teams, everyone's second favourite countries, countries you absolutely love, England and the USA, no one hates them at all. Uh, It's at 6am, Melbourne, Sydney time. Uh, Harry Kane is set to play, uh, so the news says. uh, He's recovered from his ankle injury, which can only be a good thing for England. Yeah, horrible for Spurs is what I keep thinking, um, because they're going to play him into the ground. If I was them, I would... um, I would rest him because you're not going to – unless they're thinking that, oh, okay, we'll win this and then get through because there's so many games and Kane has had a very, very bad history of ankle injuries. Um, I feel like this could be a good chance to rest him. But I guess they do need need the win to make sure that they're going to go through. Um, well, if they I win, think- they're locked into top spot, I Oh, no, they're not, because uh, they could lose to Wales. Disregard that. Yeah. But they're locked into going. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, Wales is going to be a tough game for them because obviously Wales are going to be going to be absolutely pumped, um, as USA will be. Uh, of course, met in the 2010 World Cup. Uh, let's hope Jordan Pickford does a Rob Green again. Um, <laughs> I'm torn between hatred and somewhat liking of of England uh, just because you know I think it's natural as Australians not of English descent to to not like England but at the same time Harry Kane is their captain so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel um, at the moment I still don't mind it's coming home uh, ask me that again if they win against if they win 6-2 again um, and I might be thinking God, I hope Wales absolutely floor them. Oh, yeah. And the, the USA, how do you feel about the USA? Um, yeah, well, I think, um, like I said, them and Wales are on a similar playing field. I think USA are probably a better side. I think they, they would be fancying themselves um, to go through in this group. Um, they really just need a similar situation to uh, to Ecuador where I think they just need to um, sort of limit them a bit of damage limitation in this one. Uh, but I think that can cause uh, England some problems. Um, obviously, heavily reliant on Pulisic. Um, but, yeah, I do think England... 
I'm not sure where, like I said, there's always an upset every night. I'm not sure where it's going to come from tonight because I think England are going to beat them. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, there aren't, there isn't a particularly, uh, like, even game, uh, I guess, with in terms of who's the favourite and who's not. There's one clear favourite in every single game. Uh, so, yeah, definitely room for an upset in any of them. Um, but just a bit of history of this tie. Uh, USA undefeated against England in World Cups. There was that one-all draw that you mentioned in 2010 and their first meeting in a World Cup, in England's first World Cup in 1950. The uh, US famously won 1-0 in what was a huge upset at the time. And just a little stat for you I thought I'd mention. Uh, England, they had five goal scorers versus Iran which, uh, bar 2018, the last tournament, is more goal scorers than they've ever had across an entire tournament, uh, which I thought was a pretty cool stat. Lucas, anything else that you'd like to say before we head off? We're getting to the 40-minute mark. Um, no, I think uh, I think you just said it all there. I think you just hurt my brain with that amount of numbers. Um, but, uh, yeah, another strong night of football. Our first weekend of World Cup football, so... Gives yeah. us a better chance to sort of maybe have a few drinks and watch a bit of football. And, yeah, I think everyone is in the same boat of how good is uh, the Saturday night going to be Tunisia. Do you know where you're going to watch it yet? Uh, yeah, I'm torn between Fed Square and home. Uh, or Well, I've got to go Fed Square. But, yeah, uh, I think I will do Fed Square. Uh, do you know where you're going to watch it, Lucas? You're going to be. I believe. Out. I believe the casino is the the venue here. We've got a little district bar um, here, which is sort of right. like a bit of an enclosed but open enough space, so they'll have it on a big screen. Um, we don't uh, Adelaide, like a lot of Australian cities, doesn't really have a square. Um, but yeah. I know. I know uh, Service FM Stadium, which is the new home of Football SA, they're opening up the pitch. Um, so hopefully they get a f- few people there. But uh, um, yeah, I think there's, I think every single club in South Australia has decided to do some sort of viewing party. Um, it would be nice if they could all start, sort of come together. But uh, yeah, should be one of the greatest uh, experiences to watch an Australia game that we've had. Well, just a little bit of urban planning chat for all the urban planning uh, fans, uh, amongst the golden generation fan base. Uh, apparently, lots of cities in Australia don't have squares because when they first built the cities, they didn't want people protesting and rising up and having somewhere to gather. So I have watched that YouTube. I have watched that YouTube mini documentary. I was surprised that someone else knew that stuff. <laughs> that fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when you said that, I had a feeling that you'd, you'd watch that particular video. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't quite remember, but look it up. No doubt you can find it. Uh, just before we go, I should mention, tune into the Inside Football Podcast. another very good show. I had Santo Chalara and Tony Wilson on the other day together, and that episode isn't dated, so you can still listen to it uh, now. And, of course, check out our Buy Me A Coffee if you'd like to support us. It's Buy Me A Coffee forward slash TGG Football, TGG Football on Twitter as well. Check those out if you can. Lucas, you going to say something? Um, goodbye. <laughs> well, would you like to – have you got the bravery and confidence to dangle our guest for tomorrow? It's me oh, yeah. and a lined-up guest tomorrow. He, he will be he he will be here. I will have a, a, the Argentinian, of course, Argentina 
definitely uh, in the spotlight at the moment, and they play uh, Saturday night as well. Marcos Flores, former Johnny Warren medalist, um, will be joining us on the show. But uh, yeah, it's worrying time for him. I'm interested to see uh, to see how nervous he is going into their next game. That that will be a cracky episode. I'm very excited for it. Fingers crossed. He rocks up. Uh, but thanks very much for listening, guys. We'll catch you tomorrow.